Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Amen. God gave dominion to man. But since the fall, it brings us much anxiety, no matter what age we live in. While Adam and Eve, as you know, with anxiety, ran to find fig leaves, people today run to the stores for their great needs. And as you know, school starts this week, and it wasn't very hard to see in Wabash all the parents and their kids filling the stores for all that they need of the supplies, clothes, and whatnot. And of course, the high anxiety not just from school starting up, and whatever that may mean for a new year for them, but also the past couple of years for us has almost turned into a way of life, a bad habit. Now inflation is at the top of the list, but like the weather, it's going to come and go, and who knows what's next. C.S. Lewis during World War II, high time of anxiety, wrote these interesting words, fairly common. Aim high at heaven, and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you'll get neither. If humanity is an anxious bunch, which we tend to be, it means dominion becomes our doom without God. And so last week, Jesus, as you remember, addressed a man who, during a conversation, Jesus was having amongst thousands of people, but telling them that him who confesses the Son of Man before men, he'll confess before his Father, and don't be anxious about your life or what you're going to speak before men as they lock you up and throw away the key. The man blurts out this issue, as you know, about earthly inheritance, such greed, Jesus saw right through it and was not going to save any time because it wasn't about anything about this life only and it was frankly to Jesus, not about the soul. And so Jesus said, so if is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich to God. Only the gospel would save sinners and it's not what gathers up from what we get out of life, right? Now Jesus, at this very moment, turns to his disciples, specifically. Seeing, of course, as God, he sees the rising anxiety in their own hearts. The bigger gift by God reached beyond a shopping list for the present. Because I'm sure they're trying to say, what are we getting into we have inheritances, we have stuff, we have needs. And Jesus told them, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Being rich toward God relies on him to provide. But this, at the same time, dare not distract from his son. And so before all the things of life, at any time of life, Christ promises the Father treasures you. And he gives his kingdom for our benefit. 
Now, Jesus un under, un uncovers how anxiety lets us not see God rightly before life. And we have much of it today. Consider how, though, the witness of creation stares us in the face. The ravens and the lilies are a reminder of the life that we share with the plants and animals. As they rely on God for meager things, so even the dominion of man and all that we want to accomplish and what we can do can only use what God allows and what God gives. Anxiety, though, ignores this kind of care of God to rely on ourselves as, we're, as if we're God. And it can be for a person individually or for a whole group of people. And so we break the first commandment. We really don't care about the first commandment. That's frankly the biggest problem. And yet this giving God is not about laziness or carelessness on our part before life. Joseph, as you know, stored up, and we heard during Lent, he stored up for seven fat years because he knew seven lean years were going to come. So he was wise with what the Lord gave. And David, he had plans to build the temple, and God made sure those plans would be passed on to his son Solomon, that those plans would be achieved. But Solomon really didn't have to do too much work because dear old dad had already made all those things in line for him to make those things happen. Even Jesus prepared for his final Passover meal to be in the upper room with his disciples. So, in other words, the text today is not saying it's wrong to have a deep freezer. That was the first thing when I was a young pastor. I had an old deep freezer. It was drug over by some farmers, and they put that in the parsonage garage and filled it up with hog meat. So it's not wrong to have a deep freezer or wise investing. But mind you, my friends, all of it, a little bit or however it may be, all of it still is subject to our hearts full of anxiety. God has deemed, though, the value of man precious. And this exceeds our expectations. Of course, man sits today in the schoolroom on an evolutionary chart among the animals which devalues any point of man in relation to God. To leave man this way before creation, that kind of concept, close humanity with no purpose. We're just like the animals, kind of figure out what we're going to do, whatever, it'll fall together. But it also isolates us to self-made values of restlessness. You wonder why we have problems with identity. Because we're acting like the animals. Oh, you a little faith, Jesus says. And it meant the disciples' anxiety over life overshadowed God's word. And this alone gave dignity to man, purpose for them being his disciples, and also the true destiny that God has for all people in his Son. And so the passing glory of grass fails in comparison. That's not hard to figure that out, right? But many things distract us 
from this concern of God to our lives and others. As things get passed away, as we lose stuff, and we have a lot of that in this country, we start to question God and no longer believe. War, starvation, abortion, inflation, and plenty of tragedies tempt us with anxiety to forget God and when you do that, you grab idols. Worshiping the planet, government, fanatical leaders that are pretty impressive, glories of men that want to set the agenda for men, or even self as savior. We all do this. It's an anxiety that we have to relieve anxiety, but only in the end it creates more anxiety. We can list concerns over life, but Jesus shows our aim has misdirection from within us. With worry comes the need to seek, and the sinful nature quickly fixates upon all those things. This seeking is a survival mode. You know it, you felt it, you've lived it. And it would have us be indifferent to God's kingdom of grace. For all the nations, Jesus says, of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. You know our culture, right? Our culture feeds on worry. Because the sinful heart's always there, you can always count on a good sales pitch about worry. And it aims to give gain and security for your lives. And so, do you have enough life insurance, just in case... You were to die and your wife was left all alone. What would she do? There's lots of things that today create anxiety. And that's how our culture operates to get more. And typically it's about money. So instead of the standards of men being set for our lives, Jesus tells his disciples to repent and seek another kingdom it's already present by God's grace. It's a gracious kingdom we cannot see, but God gives. So in other words, it's not our work, but God is at work. Christ calls the anxious to his righteousness, promising God does treasure you. Consider how God is not only good to his creation, but that he entered into this worrisome life of ours. The Father sent His Son not for the plants and the animals. My dogs don't care. But I'm thankful because God became man. And He redeemed humanity. God in our flesh relied on Joseph and Mary, this is Christmas stuff, providing for him in every way as a child without comparing their meagerness to the glory of heaven. Because that's what Jesus could rely on. Oh, I remember back in the day, the angels praising me and how good it was. But Jesus didn't do that. He humbled himself with that great joy of being in our midst. And his life was not to be security. You know what he said. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his, his head. 
And so Christ, by the cross, was to face neglect. And we know he faced the neglect of the most basic things like food and water so that the worrisome heart of man does, not, does see. We can truly see the gift of love by the Father and his Son, and there's his kingdom in Jesus. And he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The sacrifice of Jesus renders the perfect heart of no anxiety, but of that peace that passes all understanding given for men by God to clothe sinners like us in the righteousness of his love. You're loved. You're loved in such a way that God laid down his life so that your life is safe in every way. Since forgiveness won by the gospel is eternal life, the promise does include trusting at the present how God will provide for you today. The value of Christ to his Father made us also value of value exceeding the cares of life. So when you say God cares about you in your life or God cares for us or God will provide for us, that's a good thing. But it's so much more because you have Jesus. You're in sons and daughters of the King. And this is no small thing to our Father. So you see, this man, being God, sits on no chart of evolution, but made purification for sinners as God. And now Jesus sits in power at the right hand of the Father in all glory. Christ is risen. Alleluia. His word for you is also for us. What does he say to the church? Fear not, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So Jesus breaks into an anxious world to bring God's kingdom of grace, making what it is little before the eyes of men precious to this good shepherd. So go ahead, watch your TV, watch your television and all the news and try to eat it up because people today say, statistically say, they find more comfort from hearing about the news and all the discussions than it creating anxiety. And yet Christ brings a kingdom that removes anxiety with an answer of great love as a shepherd. Worry is for the isolated. But the baptized are to boast together what we said today in the gradual. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. Christ as Lord gives value to any that this life can never claim or keep. And so Luther says in the large catechism underneath the topic about God's kingdom that we pray for, even though we don't always understand or even really are seeking for that kingdom, we pray for it. And Luther says, we pray that many people may find entrance into the kingdom of grace, be partakers of redemption, and be led to it by the Holy Spirit, so that we may all together remain forever in the one kingdom now begun. This is so much different than the kingdoms of the world racing after different things today, trying to do this and that, trying to 
try to, trying to get ahead of someone else, right? All this is not in Christ's kingdom. This kingdom is throughout the world and around communion. We receive this with all the church on earth and with the glory of the church that comes to be with us, with the saints who have suffered and struggled before with that comfort of Christ before their lives. And since the aim of Christ then is the cross, because that's his aim, you know it, his love does change our worry within to love. And so he tells us today what that means. Seek first God's kingdom is to set aside all these things of life and see Christ for you and the treasures of his kingdom. What does it mean? You tell somebody you're talking to, as I would tell you if you were out in public, go to church. Receive what Jesus gives. He forgives your sins in full. He sets you free so that your anxiety for at least a moment can hear his word, not the words of men. A word of faithfulness for you, given and shed for you. And then in exchange for failing possessions, Jesus says, sell and give, which means generous. Be generous to the needy. Since worrisome hearts filled with heavenly treasures do not fail. It's a call to a freedom that by receiving the gifts of Christ, we have a good confession to speak and things to share. And so a habit I have, I try to have, is if it becomes so much of a concern for me, whatever it may be, a thing or a thing to do or a thing, I give it away. I literally push off an anxious thing that has to be done today. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Not because I couldn't do it today, because it's so burdensome, it's got to wait. Because God will do more with that than what I want to do right now. Or what I want to keep of something. The Father gives his kingdom of grace, not a kingdom of worry. And so we count on him for earthly treasures. Even as we see Christ come to his little flock today to make us rich toward God by his service of heavenly treasures. And so where do we begin with the worry these days? How about with the king and another kingdom? Christ promises his father treasures you and we give only because there is much more to receive from the king and his kingdom. Amen. The God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ with himself and establish you to him be the new endeavor. At this time, we'll collect the offering. We'll also music today from Mitch and Susan.